does whatever a spider can. Spins a web any size, catches seeds just like flies. Look out, here comes the Spider-Man. I know you've heard of the Spider-Man, but have you heard of the pro-life Spider-Man? Well, you're going to meet him today on the Mark Harrington Show. And also, we're going to talk about how we can defeat these pro-abortion ballot measures. So stick around. Activist Radio, the Mark Harrington Show, is brought to you by Created Equal, the pro-life organization that's committed to raising up the next generation of leaders to take on the culture of death and win, because winning is how the killing ends. And you can find out more about our ministry by going to createdequal.org. You can also donate to the ministry by going to createdequal.org and just click on that donate link on the right side of the page. And if you like the program, share the program and leave a five-star review. We're on terrestrial radio all across America on American Family Radio and Salem Radio. We're also available on all the popular podcasting platforms. So today we're going to have a little bit of fun. We're going to have a little bit of fun, but we're also going to be talking about a really important issue. So we're going to try to do those things together. It's a little difficult to do, but I think we can pull it off today. Because I have as my guest the pro-life Spider-Man, and his name is actually Mason Deschamps. And uh, Mason, thanks for being on the Mark Harrington Show. Thank you for having me on. Excited to be here. So, Mason, of course, a lot of us in the pro-life movement have been following you as you climb these skyscrapers for for uh, for the pro-life cause. And I just wanted to get you on the program to kind of. Find out what you're all about, because uh, this is highly unusual, if you would to say the least. <laughs> it's something that you're doing here. And so I kind of want to get your story, first of all. So, Mason, why do you climb skyscrapers to raise money for the pro-life cause? Yeah, so um, I see abortion as this cultural problem. And if we want to change the culture, we have to inspire young people. And so part of mm-hmm. me climbing skyscrapers was doing something rebellious that would get the attention of these young people. And I might not be able to change their minds overnight, but the ones who haven't developed an opinion quite yet might see what I'm doing and, and be a little biased towards towards uh, towards the the, uh, the topic. Well, what's interesting here is I read your bio. You are a rock climber. So this isn't something you just thought of overnight and started climbing these big buildings. You actually are experienced in climbing real mountains, right? I mean, you've you've gotten this skill over time. You've acquired it. Yeah, I've been climbing for quite a while now, and I, I've lived in Yosemite, and then in the in the nice. winter I lived in Las Vegas. So it's doing it every day. So, what prompted you to get involved? I, you know, we have a mutual uh, concern, obviously, on abortion. But what was the what was the event that kind of made it happen? You know, I'd always wanted to do it, um, to climb skyscrapers for pro-life charities. But what really made me decide, okay, now is the time, is seeing what happened with Cesar Santangelo in Washington, Mm -hmm. D.C. Not only did they not investigate Santangelo, but they arrested and investigated the pro-life activists. And it just shows the corruption of D.C. and and the corruption of of this administration. They do not want anything that will get in the way of their agenda to get out. 
Well, you know, and just so our audience knows, and we've talked about this at length here on the program, but uh, Cesare Santangelo is a late-term abortionist in Washington, D.C., and a couple of my friends actually were able to retrieve two boxes of so-called medical waste, which contained late-term abortion victims along with the first and second trimester abortion victims, and that made national news, at least mostly within the pro-life circles. Uh, and then these videos were released. Live action was involved. We have the footage and, and, and videos, and we're using a lot of that photography on our signage and other things. But, of course, unfortunately, as you say, in D.C., there's so much corruption that nothing was done because these what, what Satan, Santangelo was doing was violating the law. He was violating the Partial Birth Abortion Act and also the Born Aligned Infant Protection Act. But as we all know, Washington, D.C. is corrupt from top to bottom, so nothing was done. But that was the event that got you uh, into doing this and called you to action. So when did you begin doing this and where did you start? Yeah, so I started with the Salesforce Tower in San Francisco. And then, uh, you know, my when was that? When was that? That was in in May. Okay, and so this my year. mind as a rock climber was like, I wonder if I can do three in a week. And so uh, <laughs> I went to New York and I climbed the New York Times building. And then I went to Detroit and I climbed uh, the Renaissance Center. And now looking back, I should have probably spread it out a little bit. But, uh, you know, it was a <laughs> cool experience. Uh, definitely, definitely a learning experience on the marketing side. Like, how do I get my story out in the best way? Well, obviously, I mean, there are people that would say to themselves, why is he doing this? I mean, this it's obviously risky, uh, I would say. Um, is this as safe as what you've been doing on as when you climb a, a mountain or something like that? Or is it, is it more dangerous? Oh, yeah. I think it's more safe than, than climbing on, on mountains because you don't have that uncontrollable um, – variables that you have on mountains there's no rock falls on a skyscraper there's no you know there's no avalanches and and when you look at right and the, the rock climb, isn't going to give way when you grab a hold yeah, of it i mean <laughs> yeah like the the holds i grab on rock are the size of credit cards and the holds i grab on skyscrapers i can fit my hands all the way around and i mean there, there's been a couple times where i had to stop and just figure it out but for the most part i i you know to walk through the park for, for someone who's experienced. And folks, if you want to watch some video of Mason climbing these towers, you can go to his website and that is prolifespiderman.com. That's prolifespiderman.com. You can actually watch a video of him climbing the Devon tower. Is it Devon tower? I forgot what I, it's the Devon tower. Yeah, I think, yeah, in Oklahoma city is the one you have online. Plus, you wear a GoPro, so you also have other video of you climbing these towers. Uh, so, Mason, let me ask you this. Uh, you know, people would say, well, isn't this just some kind of gimmick? I mean, you're just trying to get a bunch of FaceTime on TV or, you know, you want to build a platform for yourself. People would just say, what is this really effective in getting people to think about abortion and also raise money for the cause? Yeah, you know, so far I've managed to raise around thirty plus thousand dollars for Let Them Live. Uh-huh. It's a great organization. If you never heard of them, they 
They help women who are thinking about having abortions and they, they pay for their rent and their medical bills and they offer job mm -hmm. services. They're really amazing. Um, but you know, like when I started this project, I've lost so many friends. I wasn't involved in pro-life really? activism before. And so, you know, when, when you come out of the pro-life closet, if you will, you, you, you anger some people. And I think if I, if I wanted a platform and I wanted to make money, I would have climbed for Planned Parenthood. I'd be retired by now. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Money. That's for sure. I yeah, yeah, I mean, the hardest cause you would. Well, and also that you're not raising money for your. You know, that's for sure. And, and, and the fact that you're raising money for an organization and not your own organization, that you're actually helping let them live. And I want to talk about them in a minute. But before we go there, I mean, what happens if you fall, man? I mean, you're going to die, right? You don't you don't use anything to, to secure yourself, right? You're you're climbing without any ropes or hooks or any of that stuff, right? Yeah, you just don't fall. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy uh, uh do you ever get scared up there uh you know like beforehand i'm basically like gagging puke in my mouth but it's not from the climbing it's it's from the security surprisingly no. like i don't like to get yelled at i've never been someone yeah. who like, gets in trouble and so you know, I'm just really nervous about that. But as soon as I get on the building and I'm climbing and I'm 100 feet up and no one can bother me, all that shuts away. And I'm just having fun and climbing. I'm in the zone. So, uh, no, I never feel yeah, like you're kind fall. of in your element when you're climbing. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, I can imagine the, the concern of police and security showing up and and media and all that stuff. That's probably the part that worries you the most, I bet. Yeah. Yeah, the, the buildings are way below my climbing level. They're so much easier than what I do on rock that the climbing never worries me. So uh, is it legal to do this? I know that there are certain laws that would probably apply to what you're doing. When you do this, do you usually get arrested for violating some kind of statute? You know, it is uh, completely legal to climb these skyscrapers. However, and not for long, maybe. <laughs> right? Yeah, not for long. Not for long. <laughs> I wouldn't be mad if they made a law against it. But uh, you know, I get to the top, and nearly every time I'm arrested, and they usually charge me with trespassing or, or or some other kind of thing like that. However, the way the trespassing laws work is you have to be trespassed before you can be charged with trespassing. And you know, I leave as mm. soon as humanly possible. You know, I, I not trying to stay there for any amount of time. As soon as I'm at the top, I, I head out, but so far it's been in handcuffs. Um, yeah, but, uh, these are the kind of charges that get dropped in court. So it's not, I'm not worried about any of that. Just bad optics. Right. Well, I, I my guess, like with anything else we do on the pro-life front and you get arrested, the more that you do it and you get arrested, the more that the fines and the charges go up <laughs> over time, they're going to catch on and say, Hey, it's not just disorderly conduct and trespass. Now it's X, Y, and Z. So I'm sure you're prepared for that in the future. If it does happen and you do climb again. So well, again, I'm talking to Mason Deschamps and we're talking to the pro-life Spider-Man who's been climbing uh, buildings across America to raise money for let them live, which is a pro-life organization. Mason, let's talk about them a little bit. Uh, why did you choose them to raise money for? 
How come? Why not create it equal? No, I'm just kidding. Why? <laughs> why didn't you? Uh, why did you choose Let Them Live? Well, I think they're a great organization, uh, not only because they save babies, but they help mothers, and they really mm-hmm. try to get to the root of the problem. So they, mm-hmm. I mean, they offer just an enormous amount of resources that a lot of pregnancy centers just can't offer. And I, and I say let them live. Um, they they're not giving painkillers to somebody who has a rock in their shoe. They're trying to take the rock out of the shoe. And so when the mother has the baby and has to care for that baby on her own and be independent, she can, and she can provide a fruitful life. And so part of that is the job services, let them live offers and the counseling. And so it's not just, okay, we're going to pay all your bills. So you have this kids, we want you to be successful in life. How do we make that happen? Yeah. And my guest is uh, the pro-life Spider-Man, Mason Deschamps, and we're talking about him climbing skyscrapers for the anti-abortion cause and raising money for Let Them Live. And friends, you can support him and the ministry of Let Them Live by going to letthemlive.org. That's letthemlive.org. Hey, Mason, do you have webs that come out of your hands or, or do you have radioactive blood or anything like that? I wish. <laughs> would that help you out if you're but i mean do you need anything like that like the real uh, spider-man yeah i maybe pick some harder skyscrapers to climb if i had that <laughs> and and what about a suit yeah do you have one I of those no i don't think i can wear a, a spidey suit i don't want to try not to get sued by marvel <laughs> <laughs> well you can make your own i thought about it yeah <laughs> You could put letthemlive.org on the back somewhere or something like that. Next time you're climbing, they can see it. Yeah, that'd be sweet. <laughs> you know, the last thing I want to ask you is we here at Created Equal use abortion victim photography and video. And one thing I appreciated about what you did at the New York Times uh, building when you when you scaled it is that you unfurled a victim image of Cesar Tangelo's late term abortion uh, victim. And that was killed in D.C. And I appreciated that because I know a lot of pro-life activists don't want to use abortion victim photography. We, I feel it's essential, especially in reaching young people on college and high school campuses. And that's what we do across America. So when I saw that, I thought, ah, he gets it. Why did you do that? Why did you use an abortion victim at the New York Times building? Well, you know, putting up a sign that says abortion isn't punk rock isn't going to change anybody's <laughs> minds. But when they see this photo, it's it's scarred in their brain. And so years down the road, they're going to think back on that photo and they'll never be able to forget it. And so that's part of, I guess, why I wanted to use it was because, you know, I'm not going to change their minds overnight. But seeing those photos, they're hard to forget. My guest has been the pro-life Spider-Man. And you can find out more by going to ProLifeSpiderMan.com. He's raising money by scaling buildings, tall buildings uh, around America and raising money for Let Them Live, the pro-life ministry that helps women and children. And so I appreciate you being on the program, Mason. God bless you and be safe. Thank you. All right, let's go to the mailbag. Spencer, what do we have? Uh, Yes, sir. Esther writes, what can we learn from the Kansas defeat? How do we keep from repeating the same mistakes in Michigan? Really good question, Esther. We all are wondering, what happened in Kansas? How do we lose that one? And how does that play out over the rest of the country?
country in these ballot initiatives that are going to be coming online in, the, in November and beyond. And so a lot of us have been looking at Kansas, trying to figure out what's going on. Honestly, I'm not entirely positive. I can tell you a couple of things. First of all, the messaging was off. It was called Value Them Both Amendment. And I think that was confusing to voters. Now, that's a great saying if you want to write a book about abortion and how we value women and children. But in order to defeat or pass a ballot initiative, constitutional amendment or referendum or initiative like that, it has to be very specific and have a call to action in it. Like vote no on Prop 1 or vote no on Amendment 2 or vote yes on this or something of that nature. And I think that they missed an opportunity there by messaging it improperly. Uh, the other thing that I think is important that we didn't get outspent, really. I, mean, I think the pro-abortion industry outspent the pro-lifers by maybe a million dollars. I think the top amount that was raised was somewhere around eight million dollars by the pro-abortion uh, folks. And so it really wasn't what about uh, really wasn't about money per se. I think the final thing and one of the things I think that really helped them is they made this about government interference and not abortion. They rarely even spoke of abortion in their advertising and messaging. They talked about how this amendment, if passed, would interfere in your life. And just to be clear, the amendment didn't make abortion illegal. Simply all it would have done is said that abortion or the right to abortion is not found in the Kansas Constitution, and it would have given the authority back to the state legislature to to restrict uh, abortion or to outlaw it altogether. So it didn't actually uh, prevent abortions or, or outlaw abortions in the constitutional amendment. I think some people got that wrong. And of course, the other side painted it as a ban on abortion. But they made it about constitution and about government interference. And I think they played well upon this feeling about about a a lot of Americans who are sick and tired about government mandates as relates to COVID and other things. And so I just think that maybe Kansas said, we don't want government interference anymore. So Kansans for Constitutional Freedom is the name of the organization. If you would, I want to play one of the uh, clips that they put on television and in their attempts to defeat this constitutional amendment on abortion. Go ahead and play that clip. They call they it call the it constitutional, constitutional amendment. amendment. The truth, the truth, it's a strict government mandate designed to interfere with private medical decisions, a slippery slope that could put more of your individual and personal rights at risk. The ballot language is confusing, but one thing is clear. Kansans don't want another government mandate. So on August 2nd, send a message. Say no to more government control. Vote no on changing the Constitution. See, I just think that is really, really wise. I'd almost say genius if it wasn't being proposed by pro-abortion advocates. But I think that had a lot to do with why it was defeated, because they they positioned it in the context of government mandates, government interference, government overreach and all of that. And I think Americans are sick and tired of this type of stuff as we come out of the COVID uh, pandemic. So I think that was really smart on their part and not make it about abortion. Now, this other clip I'm going to play you does deal with the issue of abortion, but again, kind of from a government interference perspective. Go ahead and play that clip. 
Sled. Abortion is already highly regulated in Kansas. Here are the facts. Taxpayer funding for abortion outlawed. Abortion after viability banned. Parental consent required. But you should also know this. This confusing constitutional mandate amendment could lead to a full ban of any abortion in Kansas with no exceptions for rape, incest, or a mother's life. That's extreme and goes too far. Vote no. No on changing the Constitution. Vote no on changing the Constitution. I think that, again, was very prudent, that kind of language, because people don't want the Constitution changed very often. They're happy with the way it is. They like the status quo generally. Big sweeping changes Americans are typically against. We're, t- we're normally for moderation when it comes to our politics. And so anything that looks like it's a broad brush or a one-size-fits-all type of change on abortion or other things like that, I think most voters will reject out of hand. They prefer the status quo. And so they played against that. So what can we learn from the Kansas defeat as we apply it to the amendments that are now coming online and going to be voted on as soon as November 8th? Let's just look at Michigan for an example. Michigan is proposing, or the pro-abortion forces are proposing a change to the Michigan Constitution to make abortion legal up to the very moment of birth, wiping out all the regulations and restrictions on abortion that have been enacted over the last several decades. That is the fact of the matter. Now, for me, that's what we should focus on. Again, a sweeping change to the Constitution of Michigan that would legalize abortion in the later terms of pregnancy even up to the very moment of birth. It's kind of that one-size-fits-all kind of thing. does not leave the people to make changes in the future. Once you change the Constitution, whether it's the U.S. Constitution or a state constitution, it's very hard to reverse that. In many regards, they're unchangeable. And so that should be our messaging. This is extreme. This allows for late-term abortion. This is unchangeable. We can't change it. Uh, it, At least it's very difficult to do. It legalizes up to birth abortions forever. It's extreme. It's being uh, uh, proposed by fringe abortion activists who are trying to wipe out common sense laws that have been enacted by the legislature over the last several decades. That to me is the messaging that we ought to bring forward in Michigan. And Created Equal is going to be part of that. We are going to Michigan and we are going to help out in voter education. Uh, We are going to go there with our assets. That is our billboard trucks, anti-abortion billboard trucks, our tow banner airplanes. We're going to be flying over large cities in Michigan. We're going to have boots on the ground to do public outreach and deployments. We're working with our good friends at Protect Life Michigan to try to come up with a game plan to stop or defeat this change to the Michigan Constitution to legalize abortion up to the time of birth and wipe out all the common sense restrictions that have been enacted over the last several decades. I know a lot of the messaging from the folks in Michigan want to include that how abortion harms women. I know a lot of the polling has said that the type of uh, reaction people get uh, when they think about this amendment, 
really is about how it would uh, make changes in health and safety regulations that are dangerous to women. I think that's an important piece to this uh, puzzle, to this to this messaging as well, that it would take away all the restrictions and, and health and safety procedures that have been enacted to protect women in Michigan. And certainly that needs to be part of this, but it needs to be positioned primarily as an extremist measure brought by fringe elements of the abortion cartel to wipe out all the common sense restrictions that have been enacted by the state legislature over the last several decades. In other words, it's taking out of the hands of the citizens of Michigan to make changes over time in the state legislature. Once it's a constitutional amendment, it's almost impossible to change. And so that's what I thought. I think we learned from the Kansas defeat that we can apply those lessons learned in states like Michigan and other places that are putting ballot measures on the November ballot and beyond to try to expand abortion access in these abortion haven states like Michigan. We've got to defeat it in Michigan. The stakes could not be higher. We have to defeat it in Michigan, not only to protect the children of Michigan, but to send a signal to the rest of the country that you're not going to get away with this in other states. We are going to defeat these measures. So that's my take on it. We'll see you next time. God bless you. God bless America. And remember America to bless God. You've been listening to Mark Harrington, your radio activist. For more information on how to make a difference for the cause of life, liberty, and justice, go to createdequal.org. To follow Mark, go to markharringtonshow.com. Be sure to tune in next time for your marching orders in the culture war.